Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Oh, Blue, and welcome to our Michigan Man Game Day show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Joining us today will be beat writer Aaron McMahon from MLive. As you might guess, we'll spend most of our time discussing what went wrong in Happy Valley on Saturday night, and of course looking forward to Saturday's homecoming game with Rutgers. On Thursday's Visitor's Edition, Steve Politi from the Newark Star-Ledger will pay us a visit and give us his take on the Scarlet Knights, who have now won two in a row. Before Aaron joins us, let's get it rolling with my view from Section 17. I think most of us would like to forget what we witnessed on Saturday night in Happy Valley. If we were being honest with ourselves, we knew beating Penn State in that crazy atmosphere would be a long shot. In the last decade, the Penn State fan base has seen their hallowed program and university dragged through the mud, sanctioned, and embarrassed. Most college football experts thought it would take another decade for them to be competitive or longer. To their credit, the university took their punishment, and the NCAA, of course, helped their recovery by easing the original penalties. Last year proved they were back. This year, the question was, and still is, I suppose, are they all the way back? They sure looked like they were on Saturday night. It was as if they took out a decade of frustration on us. The atmosphere was electric, and the team seemed to feed off the fans and their energy. All I can say is Penn State is a very good football team and beat us in every facet of the game. They are skilled, experienced, and they're hungry. As Bob Eufer used to say after a Michigan loss, it hurts, but there are times when you have to tip your hat to the other team. I tip mine to Penn State. I'm not a James Franklin fan, not at all, but he has done a good job recruiting some very elite athletes, and this could be their year. We shall see. I know I'll be cheering for them this Saturday night down in the shoe and would love to see them tattoo the Buckeyes and Urban down there on national TV. As for us, where do we go from Saturday night? I am as disappointed as anyone but I am not going to spend another minute trying to learn anything from that beatdown. I'm not going to jump on the Jim Harbaugh as a disappointment bandwagon or even get involved with the, you know, silly comparisons to Brady hoax record over the same time period. Nothing can be gained by that. The defense will be fine. 
Penn State has elite athletes, and they proved that against an elite defense. Don Brown will regroup the D. The offense? Well, that's another matter. It's going to be a struggle the rest of the way. We can't just throw up our hands and quit, though. We have to work harder and hope that hard work and experience pay some dividends soon, even in small ways. I am not giving up on this team or this season. I don't think anyone in that locker room will either. It's time to leave Happy Valley in the rearview mirror and move forward. This Saturday is homecoming in Ann Arbor. Our visitors have won two in a row and are an improved team. My guest today says we have to shake off Penn State and get ready for Rutgers. Some of you might laugh at this game and think of it as a scrimmage, but we are in no position to take anyone lightly. Beat writer Aaron McMahon from MLive joins me next here on our Michigan Man Game Day show on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Back with us here on our Michigan Game Day segment this week, Michigan beat writer Aaron McMahon from MLive to uh, talk about what happened in Happy Valley over the weekend and take a brief look ahead to Rutgers and homecoming this weekend. Great to have you back with us, Aaron. Good to be back, Mike. Well, you know, Aaron, I've had a couple of days to sort through what I saw on Saturday night. Usually I watch the game a couple of times the next day. I just couldn't do that this time. I saw enough the first time around. Let's start, though, with the Michigan defense. And I guess after a couple of days of thinking about it, I still wonder, was it a complete meltdown or maybe was it because Penn State is really that good? Yeah, you know, that's, that's an interesting discussion. You know, coming in, you know, obviously Penn State put up the numbers and they, they'd scored the points and everything else. Um, you know, and this Michigan, at the same token, you know, this Michigan defense, I, I thought it had been tested. At least the defensive line had been. You know, they'd held, they'd held their force in check. They'd done a good job against a spread offense against Cincinnati. Um, but you're right, you know, this, off, this Penn State offense may, just may be the real deal. Um, they did a good job of, especially early on, establishing, um, um, you know, uh, the, the rushing game up front. And then, you know, they really, they really towards the secondary, especially during the second half. I mean, I, I was going through the, some of the plays that, uh, yesterday, the playbook, play-by-play, and, you know, there were three or four times where this, the safeties were getting beat. You know, they... they they had two. They'd, they'd have double coverage, and they were still still giving up catches. So it was it was a, I think total. Um, I, I don't know if I would go, go as far as a meltdown, but both both sides struggled. Both sides of the defense struggled on Saturday. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a meltdown either. But you know, a lot of uh, writers nationally and locally over the weekend or Sunday said the Michigan defense just didn't look prepared. And I would never say that about a Don Brown coached unit. I think that's uh, way out of line. It did look like Penn State, James Franklin said this after the game, they used the bye week to throw a few wrinkles at the D right out of the gate, though, Aaron. They did. You know, that Saquon Barkley, um, that 69-yard run, I think the second play from scrimmage, uh, Michigan was not prepared for. I um, mean, you know, one of the other writers asked, uh, asked Coach Harbaugh and some, and some of the players after the game about it, and they, they had not seen that yet, seen that on film. Um, that was one of those wrinkles that, that Penn State threw at them. And you could tell, you know, Barkley took the snap. Um, there was a wide-open... Get you know, laying on the left side of the up, left side of the line, he he 
ran through. I think he had one tackle he broke, and it was it was off to the races. Um, you know, there were other instances where I think some of the some of the um, the play action, some of those 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 um, those tosses from from Trace McSorley caught them off off guard. Um, but you you can certainly tell, especially as the game wore on, right? Where I think the defense kind of wore down a little bit. Um, you know, Penn State definitely uh, had done its homework. The one thing I always worry about with this defense, as much as I enjoy watching them, is that we're, we're flying around, we're very aggressive, expose the linebackers and secondary to a lot of man coverage. Penn State, though, I think, Aaron, was the first team that could make them pay with the mismatches, especially getting linebackers covering backs, uh, Saquon Barkley, Mike McCray out of the backfield, and the safeties on wideouts. Those mismatches really did hurt. It, they did, you know, and I think this is the first time really all season Michigan, you know, saw a multi-purpose back. You know, we, we obviously know what Barkley can do, you know, in the run game, but, you know, he can obviously catch passes out in the backfield. He can, like you said, create mismatches, and Penn State does a good job of um, using using pick blocks and things like that to get him open, and, and they did a good job. And then, yeah, you mentioned you know, the mismatches in the, in the secondary. Um, you know, Michigan's, some of Michigan safeties are a little – a little shorter than what you know they, they had to go up against on Saturday. Some you know Penn State was deep at receiver. They've got some tall guys, um, and they, and they certainly took advantage of it. Well, the coverage from the corners, you know, overall the corners I thought was pretty good on Saturday. Kirk Herbstreit kept pointing out it's not like the corners are getting blown by. Uh, they are right there, and I'm not making any excuses, but Trace McSorley was dropping those long balls right on the money in a perfect place. Very difficult to defend, Aaron. Yeah, and, you know, almost almost every one of his passes were, were crisp and on the money. He had the one reception to David Long, but, you know, he, like, like I mentioned earlier, there were a couple instances where he was throwing in a double coverage, and, and the Penn State receiver would just, would just go up and, 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 get the, and make the catch. Um, you know, I don't think Michigan's secondary um, had seen an offense like that. Um, like, I, I, like you mentioned, I wasn't as as um, disheartened with the, the, the cornerbacks, but you know, Sabies had had trouble, um, and, and and the linebackers I think were tested too in a way because you obviously had to, you had to keep an eye on, on Saquon Barkley, um, and and then you've got you've got the receivers, and I don't think Michigan had seen a offense as dynamic as, as Penn State, you know, threw at them. Um, and I think it left them a little, little discombobulated. And I don't think we'll see another offense that has that many weapons uh, between Saquon Barkley and wide receivers, uh, not even when that team from Columbus visits. But, you know, even this morning, I'm reading stories online about how Michigan's defense was overrated. It's number five in the country now. And it was exposed on Saturday. I keep uh, reading that word, especially from outsiders or outside of the Michigan uh, beat writers. But until I see someone stop them, I think we have to give Penn State some credit there. Something we don't, as fans, always like to do that is a very good offense with a lot of weapons Aaron it was you know and and we and, and at the same token I think you gotta get and, and I'm sure you'll hit on this next but you know their, their defense I think was was a little underrated too you know they weren't far behind Michigan in the, the national rankings defensively and they did a good job of holding their own as well um, but yes this offense is is, is probably the, the best we, we've seen so far um, against Michigan um, I think their the passing game is, is good they've obviously got a run game and, and they got a talented guy in, in Barkley um, I, I, I see them, you know, at this point, I see them being the, you know, one of the teams come out of the East. I think it's going to come down to them, them, and, them and Ohio State. I'm curious to see how that, that game ends up. Well, you just mentioned the uh, the Penn State defense. When I had uh, Penn State's radio play-by-play guy on last week doing the preview, Steve Jones, Steve mentioned to me, he said, this defense doesn't get a lot of talk, Mike. And he said, when you look at the stats as compared to Michigan and some other defenses, they've given up more yardage uh, on the ground and through the air. But he said, you know, the one thing I look at is who is the best team in the Big Ten at keeping people off the board? 
He said in the end, that's all that matters is how many points you allowed. Now, after this weekend, after seven games, they've only allowed 69 points, and that is by far and away the best in the Big Ten. But they had four seniors in the secondary. They had seven seniors starting, which uh, says a lot. This is basically the same defense that Michigan torched last year in Ann Arbor. A year more experienced, and they just looked, I, I, I don't know, it, it was just so difficult to do anything against them. It's a good defense at bottom line. It was, you know, and I think in this instance, I think Penn State's um, experience helped them. You know, Michigan's obviously got some young guys at receiver. They've got a you know, relatively young and inexperienced and struggling offensive line. Um, and I think they're able to take advantage. You know, John O'Korn was obviously in this, in this uh, third start. Um, you know, he, he's still getting the hang of things. He's in, in probably the biggest game of, of his career. Um, and, and Penn State capitalized. You know, they got pressure on him. Um, I think it would, they ended up with seven sacks, eight tackles for loss. Um, and then, you know, we've, and we've seen all season long, the receivers that had trouble getting open um, and, and getting the football. And, and Penn State was able to capitalize, absolutely. Well, you knew the defense had to be dominant for Michigan to have a chance to stay in the game because that offense is, is struggling. I, I don't know. There's probably a better word for it. Struggling uh, is obvious. The popular whipping boy is John O'Corn. The quarterback always is. But the offensive line play, again, not good. And that's putting it mildly, especially pass protection. As you mentioned, seven more sacks. O'Corn ran for his life much of the night and did a pretty good job, I thought, this week. We're seven games into the season. And while we could still see improvement and, and have to, really, I, I've reached a place where I say it, it is what it is, Aaron, and it's, it's just not good enough. Yeah, that's 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 pretty. I say that's accurate. You know, it, I think Jim Harbaugh is going to have to make a decision here. And obviously, everybody, like you mentioned, everybody wants to point to O'Corn. And I honestly didn't think he played that bad on Saturday. He did it. You know, he did have two fumbles and I think one a turnover there. Um, but I thought he looked pretty good. You know, all things considered, like, like you mentioned, his offensive line gave up a lot of pressure. They were getting beat off the edges quite a bit, and that was that was something Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, mentioned after the game. And I, and I know he was unhappy about. Um, but, you know, O'Korn did okay. You know, he, he made the passes when he needed to. He stepped up in the pocket when he had to. He, he found, found open running wings when he had to. Um, but, like you said, I, I don't think you're going to see a much more um, efficient game from John O'Korn than you did on Saturday. And now, now it comes down to whether you're happy with that or not. I don't think Michigan, you know, maybe aside from an Ohio State, I don't know if you'll see a team like that um, the rest of the season. So it, it's going to be an interesting thing, thing to watch whether or not they – they decide to ride out with O'Corn or, or make the change to Brandon Peters. Just speaking about that offensive line again for a minute, they, of course, shoulder a lot of the blame and pass protection. But Penn State was loading up the box to make life miserable for John O'Corn, bringing pressure. And the one thing that I noticed was our backs. I mean, of those seven sacks, and I'm talking about all of our backs, they were getting blown up. And at least three of those sacks were them not picking up that outside blitz just really, really horrible pass blocking from the backs. Yeah, and that's something we've seen, you know, we saw early on in the season especially. Um, they thought they'd make some strides, and we, you know, we asked Ron Higdon about it after the game, and you know, he, he thought they'd make some strides as well, but like you mentioned, Penn State just kept, kept bringing the pressure, bringing the pressure, and at some point, you're so desperate to make a play, you have to decide whether or not you want to make that, make that block, or whether you should make that block, or, or, or try to you know, create something on the go, um, Michigan, you know, could do neither, obviously, and it, it hampered them, especially there in the second half. Well, Kirk Herbstreit mentioned several times that he liked that Acorn was, as he called it, climbing the ladder in the pocket, moving up to avoid pressure, maybe holding the ball, as he said, too long, and I think he did that at times. But as Kirk noted several times, there's no one open. Uh, none of our wideouts had any separation 
And with all of the speed and talent we have, that is still, for me, very hard to understand, Aaron. It is, but you have to keep in mind, too, I think some of that, that speed and talent is young. You know, Donovan Peoples-Jones, I think, you know, everybody likes to, you know, um, focus on and, and, and rave about, and I think he can be exceptionally good. But keep in mind, he's only a true freshman. You know, he, he's a guy who's still learning. He's still learning the, the playbook, you know, how to, how to run a route in college as opposed to high school. Um, you know, and, and they've, they've got some weapons on the outside. I've, I've been surprised, you know, how, how little they've used them. Cocoa Crawford, you know, Eddie McDoon, some guys that can – they do have some speed. Um, they're not the biggest guys in the world. But you should be able to get them open space and maybe, you know, create some things. They haven't gone to them too much. Um, I, I thought maybe they would on Saturday a little bit more than they did. But, yeah, I mean, I think some of these young, talented guys, folks are, folks are you know, focusing on, you know, whether it's DPJ or, or Nico Collins, Oliver Martin – um, speaking of which, Collins got in the game on Saturday. We, you know, I, I think you, you got to give him some time. You got to give him some time to develop and, and mature. And I, I think a year from year or two from now, we'll be talking about a very different receiving group. Well, in the end, Aaron, no positives to take from a, a beatdown like we witnessed in Happy Valley over the weekend. I still think the defense is going to be just fine. We will not see another offense like uh, that until Ohio State. And I, I don't think Ohio State has the depth and the talent at the receiving core. I know people might argue with me. I think that Penn State receiving core is outstanding. So I think this Michigan defense, even after what we saw Saturday night, is still a very good defense, and we're going to have to hang our hat on them. Absolutely. You know, I think that def- still, I think the defensive lines and even the linebacking group, the linebacking group really impressed me this year. Um, I think it's still one of the best in the country. Um, the secondary, I had some, some questions about coming into the season. They had held their own up to Saturday. And I just thought you saw, like you mentioned, a deep and experienced and talented receiving group just just kind of, you know, beat them. With us here on our Michigan game day as we uh, look back at the uh, Penn State game on Saturday. And in a few minutes, we'll talk a little bit about Rutgers. Michigan beat writer Aaron McMahon from MLive. Aaron, on offense, I guess uh, we're recording on Monday. So, of course, Jim's presser is coming up uh, later in the morning. I guess the question is, and you know the fans are going to really start pumping on this, Stick with O'Corn or start to get mm-hmm. Peter some reps, uh, some meaningful reps in games. And, you know, I just don't know. That is a very difficult question. I guess when I watch this offense, if you can't sustain blocks and control the line of scrimmage and you have a veteran quarterback just running for his life and the, the receivers are struggling to get open with what we're doing, there's no easy answers for this offense. Do you think it's still maybe time to plug Peters in? That's the question, and, and it's a good point. You know, do you do you want to expose your redshirt freshman who's you know seen or played played a handful of reps this season in his, in his college career to you know to, to play like this? Um, you know, I, I, I'm you could go either way. I guess at this point, coming into the Penn State game, I thought you know, well, if Michigan gets blown out, and, and they did, you know, and O'Corn plays a horrible game, then then yeah, you, you put Peters in, you let him kind of ride out the season, and see what you got out of him. Um, and like I mentioned, you know, I don't think O'Corn played that bad on Saturday. Um, obviously, the pass blocking didn't help him. The receivers obviously didn't help him. I think he, he made um, he made do with what he had. Um, so it, it's going to be a decision. You know, I, I I I thought maybe if you saw Peters, it'd be late in that game. You didn't see him. He was throwing on the sidelines, and I saw um, Coach Jim Harbaugh giving you know chatting with him. So I don't know if there was some discussion of putting him into the game or not. Um, but obviously, Harbaugh's thinking about it. You know, it's, it's something that's got to be on his mind. You know, you've got a kid who you know by all by all intents and purposes, is perhaps maybe your most talented quarter, quarterback on the roster just kind of sitting there waiting, you know. Um, it's, it's, and you've got two teams coming up that are, you know, quite frankly, they're, they're both winnable games for Michigan. Um, so this would be a good opportunity to throw him in there and see what he's got. 
Um, but at the same token, I, I think I get from Harbaugh's standpoint of you don't want to necessarily throw a corn to the side when you perhaps maybe, you know, you got a, one, of the, one of those better outings on Saturday. Yeah, it's sort of a delicate question to ask, too, because you do have the rest of the season left. You don't want to send a message to the team and the seniors that were starting to look ahead to next year. So that's the tough part. And then with Brandon Peters, I know everyone wants to see this kid, but the reason he fell back on the depth chart, uh, from what I understand, is he just did not handle pressure well. That's where he had his issues. And, hey, folks, Look, take a look at our offensive line right now and the, the, the back blocking. Uh, pressure is the name of the game right now. So I think that's another consideration Jim has to take into account is you are going to expose him to a lot of pressure. And it would be baptism by fire, no question about that. Absolutely. You know, and sometimes that works folks. You know, I'm not I'm not Brandon Peters and I don't know how he, you know, he betters himself for advances, but maybe it ends up being a good thing or, or not, you know. But at some point, obviously, Michigan will have to throw him in there, whether it's the beginning of next season or whether it's the end of this season or, or whether it's Saturday against Rutgers. Um, he will be the guy eventually. Um, so at some point, they've got to, uh, got to throw him out there and see what they got. We know as I was watching the game on Saturday, I was, saw the tweets rolling in and my emails piling up. Didn't want to read them during the game, of course. But when the game ended, I said to myself, you know, mark this on the calendar, October 21st, 2017. This is the date the honeymoon ended for Jim Harbaugh with a big chunk of the fan base. You just get that feeling, don't you, Aaron? Yeah, yeah, and I got it a little bit after the Michigan State game, but it certainly um, got louder the last few weeks. You know, obviously folks are upset that the offensive line, they're upset at the, you know, with the receivers. Um, like you mentioned, but a lot of a lot of iron thrown at, at, at O'Corn. Um, there are a lot of things going wrong with this offense, and when you, when you pay, you know, you've got two assistants on the payroll making – you know, upwards of you know more than a million dollars each. You know, I think fans expect they they simply expect more, um, and they just haven't gotten it. Well, you know, on the uh, telecast, uh, one of the breaks, I think it might have been at halftime. Mac Brown said, "I can't believe I'm saying this, but Michigan doesn't look like a well-coached team right now on offense." And I never thought I would even think that about a Jim Harbaugh team. Something isn't right, Aaron. I mean, we've had two really bad losses this year. Do you think that's just a, an overreaction right now? You know, I, I think it is a little bit, you know, to keep in mind, you know, this team coming into this season, you know, myself included, many of us had this team going nine and three or eight and four. You know, there were some folks that thought maybe, you know, they could get an upset and go 10 and two. Um, you know, at this point, and at this point, I think they still got a shot to go nine and three. You know, if they pull off an upset at Wisconsin or, you know, you know, or maybe they, you know, they'd be Ohio State at the end of the season. Um, there's still opportunity for this team to, to win eight, nine games, and get into a decent bowl. Um, and, and all things considering, I don't think that's that's that bad. You know, obviously this Michigan fan base wants more. They want to be in the Big Ten title picture. Um, but I think coming in the season, when when you step back and look at things, most folks had this team kind of you know excelling or you know having it breakout season next year. Um, so I, I think it's important to to you know kind of wait, reassess things, and then you know and see how things go next year. And I think that's how I was heading into the season. I thought nine and three. That would be really a good year. Eight and four was a distinct possibility. I think the shock to me, though, is uh, not that we've lost two games. It's how we've lost them and seem to be going backwards on offense. You, you expect this time of the year, maybe you won't win these Penn State games on the road against a very good team. Well, you really have to show better. So I guess the question you ask, is it on the coaching staff? Has the talent been overrated? Or really where I fall on this is we're just too young. There are too many young guys 
out on the field, but it's probably a combination of so many things, Aaron. Yeah, that, that's probably it. And that's what he usually does. You know, you've got, you've got some questionable play calling at times. I think the, the, the offense has kind of figured things out the last couple of weeks. Um, they, they've kind of changed the direction of the offense a little bit. I think fit O'Corn a little bit more and some of the personnel they have, which is something maybe they should have done a little bit earlier. Um, but at the same time, yes, you know, youth and, and, and experience plays a huge factor, especially, on, you know, blocking and things like that. Um, I don't think they've gotten the progression they thought they'd get out of running back Chris Evans. Um, I, Ty Isaac looked good early in the year, but I, I think he's been banged up here the last few weeks. You know, he hasn't said it, he won't say it, but you, you can tell that it's just not, hasn't been the same from the first few weeks. Um, and then, obviously, the receivers. The receivers have been an issue all season long. Um, that's something I think that will continue to be an issue. Um, but yeah, and then you've obviously got the quarterback, you know, problem where, you know, I think early on this year, everybody wanted to throw, throw stakes, Fulton Spade and say, you know, he was the problem with the Michigan offense. But, when, you know, when you see him removed, you, you see that, you know, it's far more than just, just the quarterback. Well, looking ahead to this Saturday, it's homecoming, um, always a big day in Ann Arbor and red hot Rutgers coming to town. Uh, Coach Chris Ash made it two wins in a row, beating Purdue 14-12 to on Saturday. They only had, two, I think, 217 yards uh, total offense. Purdue racked up over 400. But again, when you turn the ball over and you do that on the road, you get beat. But I guess a lot of folks look at this Rutgers game and have all year on the calendars a game that is a W. And, you know, when you look at the schedule, Aaron, this might be the last game you can say that about. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and at the same token, this, you know, keep in mind, this Rutgers team is a Big Ten team. You know, they're Division One. They're capable of, of you know, pulling upset, you know, any, any week of the, of the season. They've, they've already eclipsed their win total from last year. You know, they still struggle a little bit on offense. Um, but, you know, you, you, like you mentioned, you saw what happened Saturday at Purdue. And keep in mind, you know, this is a Purdue team that gave Michigan, you know, struggles, you know, problems there for the first, you know, two, three quarters in, in West Lafayette. Um, but, yeah, you know, this is this is probably at this point, I, I put maybe, you know, maybe the Minnesota game up there too. Um, but, you know, this is a game that Michigan should and certainly need, need to win. Yeah, you know, it was interesting. I like to look at the numbers uh, every Sunday, how many uh, points we've scored or the opposition has scored and how much they've given up. And I thought it was uh, interesting when I looked at points for uh, the Rutgers offense has scored almost as many points uh, as the Michigan offense. And on defense, they haven't given up that many more than, than us, not much at all. And a big chunk of those were the, the 59 they uh, gave up against Ohio State. So you're right. This is a Big Ten team, a Division One team. And, you know, we've got to recover quickly from what happened last Saturday in Happy Valley because these guys are coming here to play and they, they're three and four. But if you give them a chance, if you make mistakes, if you let them hang around, they could get three in a row. Absolutely. You know, and this, I think, will be a good rebound game for Michigan just to see, you know, to get the, get the defense, I guess, back on track. Um, you know, this is, you know, an offense that um, statistically, uh, they're near the bottom of the Big Ten, you know, in numbers. Um, they've got a decent running game. You know, they can get things going on the ground. And I think it's going to be important here for, for Michigan's defensive line and, and even the secondary just to you know get their confidence back, show that they, they can be one of the best in, in, the, in the nation like they were. Um, and, 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 yeah, I mean, this is a good – in, 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 in most ways, you know, in, I think after a loss at Penn State like this, um, this may be the best way for you know, Michigan to, to recoup. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And as you mentioned, uh, it's, it's a big game for the defense to rebound against you know, sort of a sluggish offense. Maybe even the perfect game, uh, as we've talked about, to tinker with the offense and, as we've alluded to earlier, get Brandon Peters some work. Would you be surprised if both of those things happen? We maybe uh, mess with the offense a little bit, 
and, uh, you know, finally get branded on the field? I would not, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if you saw both quarterbacks come Saturday, you know, maybe, maybe you start a corn and, and, but, and maybe that's something, you know, Jim Harbaugh mentioned this week where he, you know, maybe he plays one quarterback a half and he plays the other, or, you know, it could depend on circumstance and, you know, maybe how Michigan's offense is doing. Uh, but no, you're absolutely right. This is, if there's a week to change things up or try something different, I think this is it. Um, it'd be a good opportunity to get Brandon on the field, get him, you know, acclimated to a, you know, to a, a big 10 game. It is at home. So he won't have to worry about the crowd or anything like that. Um, and, and really, it won't be a ton, there wouldn't be a ton of pressure either. You know, keep in mind they're coming off a loss. You know, folks are are down. You know, they they, they realize you know the Big Ten title is probably out of reach at this point. Um, but you know, it'd be it'd be a good game to get him get him in there. You know, allow him to you know manage the offense for the first time all season. You know, get him acclimated to the playbook. You know, and it's more than just especially in you know the Big Ten in an atmosphere like this or in an a, a stage like this it's more than just throwing him out there you know he's got to learn he's got to get you know learn communication with his teammates he's got to he's got you know he's got to be able to read things it's different it's a different um beast you know from doing it practice and in the game and i, I think saturday would be a, a perfect opportunity for that again we're recording on monday morning jim's presser is coming up later today doubt that if he'll drop any hints at the presser maybe not even as the week rolls along in preparation for the rutgers game but uh, we shall see come saturday at 12 noon. With us here on our game day segment this week, recapping the Penn State game and briefly touching on the Rutgers game, has been Michigan beat writer Aaron McMahon from M Live. Aaron, a pleasure having you back on the show, and we look forward to the next visit. Absolutely, Mike. Good to be with you. Quick answers next as we wrap up this game day edition of The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On quick hits today, on the injury front at his Monday presser, Jim said Wilton Spade is spending most of his time attending class and getting treatment for an injured vertebrae. When he's not doing that, he's at practice watching. Jim also said Tariq Black is healing from surgery to repair his broken foot. He's attending team meetings and hanging around practice. He has a good attitude, Jim said, and he has not been ruled out for the rest of the season. Chase Winovich's status is up in the Air Force Saturday. He left the game in the first half with an undisclosed injury and is working through it. He will be evaluated during the week, and a decision made as to whether he can play will then be made. Jim Harbaugh was mum on playing time for Brandon Peters. He said Brandon is the backup quarterback and he is taking backup snaps and readying himself to play. Whether that will be this Saturday was never discussed, to no one's surprise. Jim said he is looking for a response from his players this week. He wants them to understand there is a lot to play for. He said, as coaches, we have to keep coaching, and as players, we're going to find out what they're made of from a competitive standpoint. He said, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. As he said, that's a cliche, but cliches become cliches because they're true. Finally, on quick hits, if you love night games, 
You're going to love next Saturday's game with Minnesota. It was announced on Monday. Kickoff would be at 7.30 p.m. next Saturday and is Fox TV's featured game. With the new TV contract, each Big Ten team is required to host three night games over a two-year period. That means next year we will only have one. My money is on Penn State being that game next year. On Thursday's Visitors Edition, my guest will be columnist Steve Politti from the Newark Star-Ledger and New Jersey Advanced Media. If there are any injury updates, I will have them for you then, so make sure you join us on Thursday. Thanks to beat writer Aaron McMahon from M Live for being my guest. Aaron is in his first year on the beat, taking over for Nick Baumgartner, who is now over at the Free Press, as we all know, and he's doing a great job. Both of those guys are doing a great job. Our free show app is available from the iTunes and Google Play stores. If you get the show from iTunes, I would ask that you take a minute to rate or comment on the show. That will do it for today. Thanks for listening, and make sure you come back on Thursday for our Rutgers Visitors Edition. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. Until next time, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!